The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. guys welcome to the first episode of the inside line formula 1 podcast in 2019 happy new year guys happy new year and happy new season everyone happy new tune to everyone as well thank you lucian for yet another awesome opening tune for the inside line formula 1 podcast uh, since it's a new year it's a new episode this is me kunal and with me is mithila on the inside line f1 podcast Hi guys and uh, Lucian thank you also for the background music that plays as you guys hear me speaking. Uh, in fact Lucian is an avid Formula 1 fan. He is a professional musician and guys in fact you can listen to his music on Bandcamp. Right so in this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast we're going to talk about the Marrakesh E-Prix. Yes I know we are a Formula 1 podcast but we are definitely falling in love with Formula E2. Yeah, I think the word two is very important. <laughs> In fact, we're going to ask if Arriva Ben has paid the price for Vettel's mistakes. Is Carlos Sainz Jr. going to join Fernando Alonso at this year's Indy 500? And I have some very interesting points for my What Will Set This Week section. But guys, remember you'll have to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Audio Boom, on Google Podcasts. We promise you your weekly dose of Formula One humor. So the start to 2019 has actually been an explosive one. Maurizio Arriva Ben was replaced at Ferrari and then we had a mad Ypres in Marrakech. And you know I think it's by now safe to say that words like mad, fun, entertaining, nail-biting, unpredictable and you know the similar family of adjectives are probably default for every Formula E Ypres. And the FIA managed to do what Formula E probably dreams about doing every single night while they go to bed, getting Max Verstappen to attend an E-Prix. Wow. That was a coup. What a coup. I mean, I know Verstappen attended the E-Prix as a FIA steward and you know this was towards the community service guys, but can you imagine Max Verstappen ever attending an E-Prix? You know, I wish the FIA said that community service would have been Verstappen driving a couple of demo laps of the formula e racing car or something like that i mean yeah. i'm being mean but whatever give them ideas for <laughs> next time maybe oh by the way this is interesting too so there's a leclerc in formula e as well uh charles leclerc's younger brother arthur he's been awarded a rookie test with venturi so apart from the on track action my favorite part of the marrakech e prix was when lucas de grassi said that countries could look to ban combustion engine racing just like they have banned tobacco advertising now at first when you know i heard something like this i thought that his comment was a bit over the top but when i read it the second time i realized that this could actually happen you know way into the future but we all know that countries are thinking of banning fossil fuels 
And in which case, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually ended up banning combustion racing as well. Because a lot of people would see motorsport as frivolous activities. I mean, people are not involved in the automotive business specifically. Kunal, are we really going to have the whole Formula 1, Formula E merger conversation again? Well, no, but let's just say that whichever way one sees this, you know, Formula 1 may have the history and the legacy and, you know, just writing electric regulations could mean that Formula 1 could go the Formula E way. But it is actually important to remember that Formula E does have a very strong first mover advantage. And all of this is way into the future, but maybe then we'll just be called the Inside Line Formula E podcast or something. (laughs) Simple change of letter will do us well. Well, (laughs) the other question I had in my mind, is Jean-Éric Wern trying to be the Lewis Hamilton of Formula E? He tweeted, I think this was last week or something, that he is going to feature in the next installment of the Fast and Furious movie series. And frankly, I have no doubts that his ride is going to be all electric. But frankly, if he wants to be the Lewis Hamilton of Formula E, I think he has a little bit uh, you know, of a way to go. He needs to start cutting uh, movie uh, deals and hanging out with celebrities and you know, dressing Music a little albums differently. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can give him a lot of tips. But anyway, back to Formula One. So Arriva Bell is gone just like that. You know, no last race, no last interview, just boom, gone. Yes, it's just exactly what happened with Force India and uh, I would say Vijay Malia as well. Kunal, tell us, what is your take on the new management structure at Ferrari? You know, honestly, I have several thoughts. First is that I am not surprised, uh, you know, because somebody had to pay the price for their their debacle in 2018. And uh, we could actually have headlines saying that Arriva Ben paid the price for Vettel's mistakes. But, you know... Let's remember, it was Arriva Ben's uh, duties and responsibilities to create, you know, a team and an atmosphere where Sebastian Vettel could have flourished. So somewhere all of this, you know, makes uh, makes sense. And my mind just goes back right away to the times when Vettel uh, was trying to manage the team while doing all the driving. We remember all those radio conversations and I'm sure they're going to be brought up again and again in 2019 as well. I also hear that Mattia Binotto has been promoted because of the good work on the technical side of things and that Binotto actually asked Ferrari to choose between himself and Arriva Ben at Ferrari. And obviously we know who Ferrari chose, but I just wonder if a technical director is team principal material. You know, Kunal, because those two roles are extremely different and difficult and they require very different skills. You know, from the outside, it does seem like Ferrari have put their brightest engineer in a non-engineering role. Like, that's how I would summarize this move. And, uh, you know, again, given the whole uh, political system that Ferrari operates on, this uh, role that's been given to Benotto could seem like some sort of a reward for his talent and even his loyalty towards Ferrari. Yeah, and I think this goes with this saying, right? You can't uh, expect different results if you're doing the same thing. So maybe a step towards that. But Kunal, like, you know, for the sake of competitiveness this season, I'm just hoping that Binotto's political games are as sharp as his technical skills. And I must add that Binotto's appointment is actually very traditional. And when I say traditional, it just reminds me of how the good old uh, team structures in Formula One used to be back in the days. So the team principle or whatever the designation you'd like to call that, uh, you know, maybe was usually the team's top engineer like you think of Patrick Head you think of 
Ross Braun and you think of all these big names, they were all top engineers of the team who ended up leading the team forward. But in recent times, you know, Formula One teams have also become corporate entities. And then there was a team principal's role uh, that was split from the technical head's role. So the team principal would look after the business affairs and the technical head would look after the technical affairs, basically building a fast racing car. And, you know, this is somewhat the setup we see uh, with teams like Mercedes and even Red Bull Racing. Yeah, and uh, interesting. So, Sebastian Vettel will start his fifth season with Ferrari this year. And Kunal, I cannot believe it's been five years already. You know, time is flying. And I know the five-year reference is doing the rounds on social media that Michael Schumacher won his title with Ferrari in his fifth season and with a new teammate. Well, talking of uh, a new teammate, Charles Leclerc is going to have a really tough reference in Sebastian Vettel in 2019. And frankly, I'm really excited to see how the Leclerc-Vettel rivalry shapes up. I honestly think that Kimi Raikkonen will have majority of my attention all through 2019. Uh, in fact, guys, I ordered his haiku book too, you know, just so that I don't miss him too much in the off-season. Well, you know, a listener of ours, Donovan Johnson, he commented uh, on our Facebook page asking if Raikkonen's real passion was actually comedy and if Formula One was just another job to pay his bills. This actually reminds me of Romain Groshaw and when he told us that if it wasn't for Formula One, he would have been a chef. And uh, I think what's funnier is that Groshaw also said that he would like to race in Formula One till the age of 40 or something, which means eight more seasons. <laughs> Kunal, I have to ask, do you think Groshaw could actually last eight more seasons in Formula One? Well... I am tempted to say yes. And, you know, this is without the bias that Roman Grosjean has been on our show last year. But uh, let's put it this way. Grosjean has already faced an exit from the sport twice. At least publicly, it's been known twice. Uh, twice. The first time he left and then he was lucky to find a way back. And then in 2018, he was lucky that Haas chose loyalty over speed and maybe even performance. Yeah, you know, the sort of dependability that you get with, say, Hulkenberg or Perez and the likes. I don't think Romain Grosjean exudes that sort of dependability. So I really hope that that changes in 2019. And with an eye to still be racing in Formula One, you know, come 2027, that's eight seasons away. Wow, 2027. That just sounds so far into the future. More news. So Red Bull Racing is thrilled that they will have a party mode for the first time in the hybrid era. You know, to be honest, I don't think that's true because I do remember hearing that Renault had a party mode for the second half of 2018 as well. Though I don't think even the Renault drivers were impressed with the party that their Renault engines were throwing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Bull Racing probably needs to just plan harder for their parties because I also think... Their famous party boy, Daniel Ricciardo, has um, left for greener or shall I say yellower pastures <laughs> this season. Yeah, and Max Verstappen is almost always grumpy, you know, not someone you'd want to be with <laughs> at a party. <laughs> and we know that Honda's parties have been, you know, very uh, disappointing in the hybrid era because sometimes they ended even before the race started. <laughs> Ask Fernando Alonso, but... Adrian Newey has said that Red Bull Racing will use the controversial wheel rims that Mercedes used last season. And this just means that I'm sure Ferrari are going to end up using one too. And so will the rest of the grid in no time. 
which uh, you know which reminds me i should share a life lesson with all you guys from the world of formula 1 if you can't innovate it is okay to copy <laughs> famous words of wisdom from kunal guys <laughs> but kunal i just hope that no one copies the halo mounted mirrors that ferrari had last season yeah let's remember the fi deemed them legal as well i'm just saying and i really hope they don't get copied because they made the cars look really ugly should have been illegal anyway daniel ricardo said that he would miss helmut marco the least and kunal that is quite a statement probably just what marco would have uh, wanted his drivers to say about him yeah you know you're dwelling on all that fear and fear mongering or whatever you call it but christian horner said that uh, when they decided to promote daniel ricardo to the a team they actually weren't sure of his overtaking capabilities can you imagine not being sure of ricardo's overtaking capabilities i mean back then he was in the hrt and whatever and maybe it wasn't easy to showcase them but the other interesting part is that red bull racing chose ricardo ahead of kimi raikkonen in 2014 can you believe that kimi raikkonen in red bull racing colors in formula 1 wow that is something that could have been very interesting Well, for starters, you wouldn't have had the haiku book that you are currently excited to read about, and you should be thankful that Red Bull didn't pick him. Fine. <laughs> But here's something interesting I remembered. So Narain Karthikeyan actually made way for Daniel Ricciardo at HRT, and this was way back in 2011. So eight years back, since eight years is the whole maths we've been doing for the last couple of minutes. Sure. And okay. So some closing notes on Red Bull Racing. So apparently the plan B in case the Honda power units don't give them the power they need could be racing in the 24 hours of Le Mans with Aston Martin. Now that is actually up Red Bull's alley as well, right? Gives you wings, gives yeah. you enough energy for 24 hours. The only thing is people have been racing for 24 hours at Le Mans even before Red Bull came to the party. Yeah, that was actually my thought that it's quite un red bull like or let me put it this way it's more monster like <laughs> <laughs> well i know we spoke of renault earlier but for 2019 mclaren claimed that the renault engine has found a lot of kilo kilowatts for their power unit now honestly it is strange to see mclaren doing pr for renault but they both need it so you know you scratch my back i scratch yours probably Incidentally McLaren is going to enter a professional cycling team and this is of course after McLaren has used their technical know-how to support the British Olympic racing um, cycling team I'm sorry in the past Yes yeah, so Carlos Sainz Jr has said that Fernando Alonso told him to join McLaren for uh, the potential that the team has and now there's also news that Carlos Sainz Jr might consider racing at the Indy 500 along with Fernando Alonso and I'm guessing if he does that it's also going to be with team McLaren. Fantastic. You know, I love seeing Formula 1 drivers racing outside and testing their skills as you know against the more established racers in the other series. It's so interesting. But unfortunately, Kunal, this isn't happening in Formula E because uh, Stoffel Vandoorne and Felipe Massa they they're both really popular drivers. and they're getting the fan boost but the results are still to come yes and the next big motorsport event that i'm looking forward to is the race of champions it's happening in mexico and although i must admit the only part of the race of champions that i'm not looking forward to this year is where the esports champions 
are going to get the opportunity to compete against the other regular racing car drivers. Well, what I am definitely looking forward to is the Vettel and Mick Schumacher partnership this year. It's going to be amazing. And let me tell you, you are probably not the only one. Okay, so back to McLaren. There are reports that Fernando Alonso might become a co-owner of the team. But the hopes of Fernando Alonso returning to Formula 1 with McLaren could be very low. So, Zach Brown has presented a five-year plan to get McLaren back to their winning ways. And Kunal, I am certain that Alonso is not going to wait, what, five years to return? No. Well, on that note, I am certain that if Fernando Alonso returns to Formula 1, it will, it, it will not be with McLaren. Yeah, and Zach Brown actually also said a lot of other sensible, interesting things. Like Formula One needs a budget cap and Formula One needs a reset. But frankly, he is not the first one to be saying these things. Yes, you know, it's sort of repetitive because every other team principal ends up saying the same thing time and again. And So do we actually (laughs) say the same thing. (laughs) But let me also put it this way. Every other team principal also then ends up saying that Formula One is so slow in making these changes that sometimes they just run out of time to make changes like for example the engine formula for 2021 uh, you know it's suddenly that the sport has run out of time to to make and then implement these changes so cheeky notes but uh, we're gonna now have closing notes no 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 canal i still have my what wolf said this week section uh, guys i cannot believe that the wolf actually asked why formula one was chasing new power unit manufacturers when they already have four manufacturers for 10 teams well, you know, Wolf's job is to protect Mercedes's monopoly. And by making such statements and by refusing to supply Mercedes engines to Red Bull Racing, he is sort of ensuring their monopoly. So he is wrong, but he is not right, given that he has a role to play as well. But I must say I liked when Wolf acknowledged Michael Schumacher's contribution to Mercedes's dominant success in Formula One in the last five years. By the way, you guys should definitely download the Michael Schumacher app. It was released on the 3rd of January this year. And that's actually when Michael celebrated his 50th birthday. Yes, we are all waiting for his 92nd win in life. I I won't say in Formula One in life, but let's see how that story turns out. Wolf also said something about Kimi Raikkonen, about how Raikkonen's exit from Ferrari is a blow to everyone in Formula One. And frankly, I understand that he is also a Raikkonen fan. Of course. I mean, we all are. (laughs) (laughs) But how is Raikkonen's exit from Ferrari a blow to everyone in Formula One? I mean, Kimi Raikkonen is still in Formula One, very much so, for another two years, (laughs) at least. Yes, and for this very reason, we awarded Sauber the award for the best team of 2018 in our Inside Line F1 podcast awards. Too much of awards in one statement, but you guys get the gist. So if you haven't heard our super fun and super funny version of uh, uh, the Formula One awards, you go back to our channel and please tune into that episode. Guys, the episode is really fun. It's an absolute riot. You'll have to listen to it and let us know what you'll think, actually. We'd love to hear back from you. Anyway, lastly, Kunal, Esteban Ocon has said that he will consider options outside Formula 1 if he doesn't get a seat in Formula 1 in 2020. Well, in my view, uh, Ocon is playing it smart. You know, first he released a statement saying that Mercedes wanted to see a qualifying improvement in 2018 and that he showed them exactly that. And mind you, when we had Ocon on our show in August last year, 
I had asked him the same question. And and back then he said that he couldn't divulge more details of how Mercedes was actually tracking his progress in Formula One. And the second statement where I, I think he was also smart is, you know, by making this kind of a statement in the first place, he's, of course, trying to put some pressure on Mercedes I mean, not that they might necessarily feel the pressure. No, they're Mercedes. But maybe Ocon is just trying to attract future employers in case Mercedes actually chooses to stay with Hamilton and Bottas for 2020. Now, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Kunal, can you actually imagine what would happen though if Hamilton slacks off and, you know, for whatever reason, Bottas is able to match him? You know, Mithila, this is exactly why I'm going to write this question down and let's hope that 2019 gives us the answer to this and all the other questions that we keep asking on our podcast. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. What other piece of everyday carry do you own that can deadlift 5,000 pounds? Click belts are made with aircraft grade, lightweight aluminum, mill spec webbing, and sewn in the heart of Texas. Trusted by tens of thousands of first responders, military personnel, and everyday carry users around the world. Click belts still are and always will be the world's strongest belt. Own yours at clickbelts.com.